Lesson three, the power of forgiveness. <sighs> if I search the languages of your world, I cannot find the words that can convey the love that I feel for you. I cannot convey unto you the love that God has for all of us. I cannot find a concept, a word, an idea, a philosophy or a dogma that can contain the mystery that is closer to you than your own breath and awaits your discovery. If I search throughout all of creation, if I search through the many mansions that exist within the domains of my father's creation and that creation is infinite, try as I might, I cannot discover anything that can truly describe you. I cannot find anything that is of greater value than you. In truth, I cannot discover anything that speaks more eloquently of the love that God is than your very existence. Therefore, in truth, I look upon you constantly and marvel at the radiance of my father's love. It is through you that I come to discover all that God is. When I walked upon your earth as a man, I began to realize that the greatest gift that I could ever receive would only come to me as I chose to surrender every perception that I might conjure up about you, my brother or sister, that would veil the truth that is true about you always. When I was nine years of age, I began to awaken to exactly what I am describing to you. <clears throat> As my father would take me to sit with the elders and as he would read from the Torah to me, I began to be compelled by something within. Something began to speak to me that underneath all of the perceptions that I could create of another, there was something radiant and shimmering waiting to be discovered. I began to feel very different from my peers. I began to be preoccupied with inner things. When I listened to the elders speak, I would often feel as though I had drifted far away from where they were. Pictures would come to me, thoughts would come to me, and feelings would come to me that I did not understand, that I had not assimilated into my being. But something began to compel me. How might I discover how to see only that shimmering radiance? Would it be possible for me to see my brothers and sisters as my father sees his children? I discovered that the way to see with the eyes of Christ begins with the acceptance that I, as a creator, created in the image of God, literally choose every experience and call it to me, that I create the veils through which I view creation. I began to shift my perspective slightly and I began to be seen as someone who was rebelling against the teachings of my Essene elders. For I began to move away from striving for God, striving for perfection, and began to cultivate within myself the process of allowing. I discovered that if I looked upon my perceptions, my feelings, my behavior, exactly as they were, without overshadowing them with my own interpretations, if I could teach myself to embrace things with innocence, veils began to be dissolved from my mind. For when I was nine years old, I had already learned 
learned to be fearful of thinking, speaking, or acting in a way that was not in conformity to the prevailing wisdom of that time. Even within the Essene community, which had become rather rigidified, there was already much dogma, and dogma always leads to bickering. I began to discover that if I looked with innocence upon all things, a light began to shine through all things I was looking at. And as I rested more and more in this innocence, more and more the light would shine. As I grew in age, I discovered that the old teachers who spoke of the need to forgive 70 times seven knew something quite profound that had even become lost within the Jewish and Essene traditions of my day. For to, for to forgive means to choose to release another from the perceptions you have been projecting upon them. It is, therefore, an act of forgiving oneself of one's projections. As you begin to forgive, even 70 times seven, even 77 times, each time you forgive, you take yourself deeper into the purity of your own consciousness. You begin to see how profoundly you have been colouring and, therefore, affecting all of your relationships through the simple act of not being aware of the power of projection. Therefore, I learned and learned well, that forgiveness is an essential key to healing. The opposite of forgiveness is judgment. And judgment always creates separation and guilt. Judgment will evoke a sense of guilt in the one that has been judged, unless they are perfectly awake. But more than this, each time that you judge anything or anyone, you have literally elicited guilt within yourself. Because there is a place within you, yet still, that knows the perfect purity of your brother and sister, and sees quite clearly that all things within the human realm are either the extension of love or a cry for help and healing. When you judge, you have moved out of alignment with what is true. You have decreed that the innocent are not innocent. And if you would judge another being without innocence, you have already declared that it is true about you. Therefore, to practice forgiveness actually cultivates the quality of consciousness in which you finally come to forgive yourself. And it is indeed the forgiven who remember their God. We wish to share with you the power of forgiveness, how to cultivate it, how to refine it, how to understand the depths of it that can be revealed to you as you forgive 70 times, seven times, and how to bring up within you that which has not yet been forgiven, but perhaps forgotten. In this lesson, we will also speak of what perception is and what projection is. Beloved friends, these things are of critical importance. For anyone who enters into a so-called spiritual path must eventually face and deal with their deep need for forgiveness, which is an expression of the soul's deep desire to be forgiven. For there is no one who walks this earth who has not been touched by the poison of judgment. As we speak of these things, let not seriousness enter the mind. For in truth, all we are really doing is describing what you need to do 
and can do to release the burden of illusion that seems to cause you to feel a heaviness upon your countenance and a lack of safety in the world. You could think of it as taking your rheostat and turning it up a bit by enlightening you, taking your burden of guilt and judgment from you. Therefore, in truth, understand well, forgiveness is essential what has not been forgiven in others has not been forgiven in you, but not by a God who sits outside of you, for he never judges. What you have not forgiven in another or in the world is but a reflection of what you carry within as a burden that you cannot forgive of yourself. You have an interesting saying in your world. It takes one to know one. Do you think you would even be able to judge another if there was not something within your being elicited, within you being elicited that triggers within you the belief that you know exactly what that other one is up to? That is why you judge them. Sometimes you judge harshly because you fear, you fear that energy in yourself or you remember how hurtful you have been when you have acted from that energy. But when you have forgiven yourself, rest assured, you will know what it means to walk in this world, yet not be of this world. You will be able to feel the energy or the activities that any other soul may freely choose. You will discern that energy, you will understand that energy, and you will see through it and see the face of Christ before you. You will not react, which literally means to act again as you did in the past. Instead, even if you are being persecuted or to speak from personal experience to be nailed on a cross, you will have cultivated the ability to love. And in all situations, no matter what another is doing, your first response will be to enter into the quiet stillness within and merely ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me say? What is the most appropriate for this other soul in this moment? When forgiveness has purified the mind and the heart and the emotional field of your own being, you will discover that you exist only to extend love. You are the savior of the world. In each situation, your role is to ask the Holy Spirit how you can serve the atonement, the correction, the healing that yet needs to be acquired within another soul. So even if one hates you, you will not respond with defensiveness, but with curiosity, with innocent witnessing. Even if your hands have nails going through them, I tell you truthfully that it is possible to still enter the quiet sanctuary of the heart and to ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me say or do that can serve the healing of my brother or sister's heart? All that I will be sharing with you, not just in this lesson, but in the course, has as its final goal, your complete Christed consciousness and the fulfillment of what your own soul desires, forgiveness. Forgiveness the bridge to the soul of your brother and sister. There is nothing you can be aware of in the energy of another that you have not known in yourself. 
There is nothing another can say or do, or even imagine themselves capable of saying or doing, that you have not also known. Again, it takes one to know one. When you perceive another acting out of hostility or fear, the only way you can recognize it is because you have been there. The very fact that in your world, one can murder another's body and you can react with knowledge that that is inappropriate behavior is because as a soul, you know the energies involved in the attempt to murder another. If you are honest with yourself, you can probably come up with at least 50 times in the last year that murderous thoughts have entered your mind. You may not act on them. You may not even dwell on them for more than a split second, but the energy has come into the field of your awareness and you have known it and recognized it. Who then is less than you? Who then is worthy of your judgment? No one. Who then is equal to you? Everyone. And who then is worthy of your love? Everyone. Forgiveness is the bridge that links you to the soul, the essence of your brother or sister. Forgiveness is that bridge that when cultivated would allow you to see clearly, not just the energies that another is expressing, but you will literally be able to see what, it, what events seem to cultivate that soul's belief that they must act in that way to survive and what perceptions have led them to feel justified in their inappropriate behaviors. You will see it as clearly as though someone had drawn a picture in front of you. Then you will see skillfully what to say and what to do to gently help another correct their misperceptions of themselves and learn the path of self-forgiveness. And when that hour comes, Rest assured, you will walk in this world, yet you will not be in it. You will be as I became. You will be the savior of the world. The veil of projection. What is projection? Projection occurs when there, first, when there has first been denial within yourself. Projection is an act in which you psychically try to throw out of your ownership everything that you have judged as being despicable or unworthy of you, something you do not want. So you will project it. You'll throw it up and out and let it land on whomever happens to be nearby. Projection is the effect of the denial of the first axiom I have given you. It is the denial of the truth that nothing you experience has been caused by anything outside of you. Projection is the attempt to ins insist that reality is other than the way God made it, that you are not powerful, that you are a victim of circumstances, that you are in a world that can actually do things to you and cause you to make decisions that you would not have made otherwise. That is always denial. And it is a lie. Again, projection is the denial of the first axiom of truth and you have mastered it well. When you project onto another, you will then believe that your anger or your hatred is justified. In fact, the legal system means merely to take the act of projection 
and the need to judge and to make it okay socially so that you need not be concerned with this other as your brother or your sister who has been crying out for help. Rather, you become justified in punishment. Yet punishment is only the insane attempt to convince the punisher that the darkness, the evil, whatever you want to call it, is not in them, it is out there. Imagine then a society in which the prevalent legal view is simply that your brother or your sister is an aspect of yourself. And if you would help yourself, you must help them, meeting each cry for help and healing with forgiveness, love and support. Can you imagine for a moment what it would be like to live in such a society? How would it be different than the world you see? If you would have these things be different, it must begin with you. For the way to heal the world is not by seeking change, seeking to change what is on the outside, but by first changing what is on the inside. I can't believe I messed that up. <laughs> I said, there's nothing I say more than that. Let me read it correctly. <laughs> If you would have these things be different, it must begin with you. For the way to heal the world is not by seeking to change what is on the outside, but by first changing what is on the inside. When that change has occurred, you will become a conduit for an energy that knows how to use your gifts and how to place you in just the right situations. And a great power will work effectively through you the power alone that knows how to heal your world. There are many that would love to march for peace by angrily attacking those who would make war. But if you would create peace in the world, you must be at peace within yourself. Projection is an act of trying to get rid of what you do not want to own within. It is the effect of the denial of truth. Projection colours your brother or sister with the very energies that you would judge within yourself. How can you begin to break the pattern of projection? How can you allow the bridge of forgiveness to be built? It is actually quite simple, but it will require your commitment. Awakening requires vigilance and discipline. I've said to you many times that the world you see is nothing more than the effect of the thoughts you have held within the mind. Therefore, awakening requires the act of vigilance and discipline. The discipline to cultivate a way of living in which you observe your own thoughts, in which you listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth, in which you observe the feelings that are invoked within your body, the reactivity that seems to own you, and to see these things as innocent and simply self-caused. I've got to say that again. This is what spiritual practice is. This is it. This is what to be conscious means. People always say be conscious. This is what it means. I've said to you many times that the world you see is nothing more than the effect of the thoughts you have held within the mind. Therefore, Awakening requires the act of vigilance and discipline.
the discipline to cultivate a way of living in which you observe your own thoughts, in which you listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth, in which you observe the feelings that are evoked within your body, the reactivity that seems to own you and to see these things as innocent and simply self-caused. When next something is reflected to you by the world that causes you to become angry or causes you to be in judgment, stop right where you are and look, not with judgment of your judgment, but with innocence and honesty. Oh, I see that I am judging someone. That is an interesting cloud passing through the sky of my awareness. I wonder if I might be able to make another choice. Now the mind will tell you, but this person just broke into my house and stole my stereo. Of course, I have a right to be in judgment. I have a right to feel angry. But I say unto you, anger is never justified. It does not mean you will not experience it, but stop fooling yourself into believing that there is some validity to it. When someone has just broken into your home and taken your stereo equipment, or some other idol that you love? What if you understood that you had the power in that moment to remember that all events are neutral? They merely provide you with a chance to choose love. What if you literally chose the insane way, according to the world, of looking upon that one who has just done that act as a brother or sister who is crying out for help and healing? What if you chose to look upon them as one who does not know how to live in this world without being of the world, who does not know the way to self-forgiveness, who does not know the truth of the light that lives within them, and who does not recognize their great power to create whatever they want in a way that is not hurtful to anyone? What if you chose to look upon them with compassion rather than reactivity? It begins in simple ways. To set the stage, I want you to remember that time has been given to you that you might use it constructively. That means when you awaken in the morning, realize that you are in school. You do not have to drive anywhere. <laughs> you are already there. The universe is literally helping to assist you into having experiences that will bring up things for you so that you can choose to look at them differently, thereby discovering the great power within you the freedom within you to choose what you want to perceive and to elicit only what you want to feel. So that even if nails are being driven through your hands, you finally are liberated in the power to choose love and therefore to overcome this world. Having said this, I understand that each of your days is a blessing and a gift. If you use it from the full commitment to awaken, if you use it from the full commitment to awakening. Your day is chock full of a million opportunities to discover a deeper truth. Therefore, never feel that the purpose of your life must be something other than what you are involved in. For remember what we spoke of earlier. You are literally creating everything you choose and nothing is forced upon you. 
Now we are going to take that thought just a little deeper for a moment. It literally means that if you have decided you want to awaken, you have already called to yourself every experience that can truly best serve your awakening. The friends, family and people you have relationships with are those who likewise can best gain from the experiences elicited through relationship with you. It means that right here and right now, you are already demonstrating the power that you are seeking, the power to truly choose to awaken and to command the whole of creation to serve you in that awakening. Therefore, when you awaken in each of your mornings, look around. Who is that person sleeping next to you? They are your perfect companion. They are a messenger of God. For just behind your experiences, there is something deeper taking place. Because your mind is resting right next to the mind of God. When you first said as a soul, I want to awaken. I want to go home. The father answered your prayer and began to send the thought through your spirit and through your soul to your conscious mind. I know how to direct you home. Give up this career and start that one. Move from this location to that location. You began to feel all manner of impulses. You began to read different books. You began to do different things. You met someone and fell in love. All by accident? <laughs> Hardly. Just a slight commentary there. I'm not going to do much commentary, but that little passage was exactly what happened to me this time last year. I was living in the UK and I'd already asked to be awoken and I'd come had many experiences, but I had the one of give up that career, move from another country, fall in love. Exactly as exactly it was just said that I had literally that experience. And I'm sure many of you that have in your soul said, I want to awaken, I want to self-realize, I want to go home. Anyone who's done that knows exactly what he's talking about. The very thought that you would claim as your own from which you have created the world of your own personal experience is also literally the result of your prayer to awaken. And the father is creating, assisting you to create just those experiences as stepping stones that carry you from where you are to where God is. The result is that your ordinary daily life is the most perfect ashram you could ever be within. Another bit of commentary. I've never had that ashram urge because, yeah, daily life is the best ashram. No doubt. Life is the greatest teacher. Every experience, it has the potential to remind you or give you the opportunity to choose love over fear. Every single experience. It is the holy city to which it is wise to make pilgrimage every day, which means to bring awareness and commitment to exactly what you are experiencing. To be thankful for it, to bless it, to embrace it, to be vigilant and to be mindful. What is this moment teaching me? What is this moment teaching me? That might be the most profound question of all time. 
having given that as background and foundation, remember that you do not experience anything that is called an ordinary moment. In each and every moment, extraordinary things are occurring. Extraordinary things are occurring in which the whole of the universe is conspiring, which means to breathe together. The universe is conspiring with you to awaken you and to heal you. Trust it. Love it. That these things are true, and I assure you that they are, means that your life, the very life you are living, is equal in power and majesty and effectiveness to any life that has ever been lived. It means that your very life is equal to the one that I lived, for it is bringing you home as my life was my pathway home to God. To build on what I shared earlier, the third axiom or principle could be encapsulated in this way. I do not live any ordinary moments. With each breath, my experiences are the stepping stones laid before me of God to guide me home. I will bring awareness to each moment and allow it to teach me how to forgive, how to embrace, how to love, and therefore, how to live fully. In your ordinary moments, a thousand times each day, you will be confronted by opportunities to be disturbed. And in that very same moment, you are being given the blessing of the opportunity to choose peace, to remember to cultivate a perception of your brother or sister that is a perception birthed out of the Christ mind, not the egoic mind. Forgiveness then can be practiced diligently and you will not need to look too far. You will not need to make a pilgrimage to some far city. You do not need to go sit in a cave in the mountains somewhere to discover the way to God. It is all around you because you can only be where you have decreed to be. You have decreed to be there because you as a soul truly want nothing more than to awaken. Your life, just as it is unfolding moment to moment, is meant for you. If this is true, and I assure you that it is, the way to God can only be found in your willingness to embrace and live fully the very life that is within you and that unfolds through you in each moment. I've got to say that again as well. It's just dropping bombs of profundity <laughs> with every page. If this is true, and I assure you that it is, the way to God can only be found in your willingness to embrace and live fully the very life that is within you and that unfolds through you with each moment. To live without fear, to go forward, to endure, trust and embrace the very power and majesty that is the seed, the soil and the ground from which your life's experience is unfolding. It is precious. It is extraordinary. It is blessed and it is given to you of God. Would you not embrace the blessing of your life and sanctify it to keep it holy and recognize that your life is worthy of your respect? It does not matter what anybody else thinks. It matters what you think. 
beloved friends, your life, your life is your way home. If you do not live it fully, how can you ever arrive home? Therefore, fear not your greatness. Fear not the power that comes from embracing your life and claiming its value. Live it full out with every bit of passion you can muster. Embrace every second of it. Every time you wash your dish in your cup after breakfast, look upon these things and say, my God, this is my life. This is my pathway home and I am going to live it. Precious friends, in this way, you will come to forgive yourself of the judgments you have made. For who among you has not known the feeling of saying, God, my life is just not worth very much. I will never be like so-and-so down the street. I will never have enough money. Not enough people are going to know me. When will my work ever get out there as big as that person's work? And on and on. But I say unto you, every time you have judged yourself, you have weakened yourself. Every time you have judged yourself or another, you have slipped down the mountain another notch when you decide, when what you desire is to be at the summit. Woo, feeling the spirit now, baby. How forgiveness heals. Understanding these things, let us look more closely at forgiveness. How does it work? What really occurs when you forgive? You are a conduit of energy. To the degree that the conduit is in perfect working order, the energy can flow so radiantly that the conduit actually becomes transparent. That is, it no longer blocks. There is no barrier or limit to the light. When you judge, it is, it is as though you contracted and made the walls of the conduit smaller, just like building up rust in your pipes and the flow becomes less and less. As you forgive judgments, it is, as, it is as though the rust in the pipes is dissolving. It is as though the walls of the pipe that are carrying the liquid of God's love begin to expand and become thinner and thinner and more transparent. Judgment is contraction. Forgiveness is relaxation, peace, trust and faith. Forgiveness allows the spaciousness within your consciousness to grow. For when you look upon the thief that has broken into your home and say, I forgive you, you are decreeing the opposite of what you have learned. You are decreeing that nothing can be taken from you of any value. You are decreeing that judgment is the opposite of what you want, and it will cause you to feel the opposite of how you want to feel. You are decreeing your power to perceive differently. You are therefore healing yourself. If you ever want to come home, you are going to have to become very, very divinely selfish. You are going to have to become so selfish that you will not tolerate judgment in yourself of anyone or anything. Because you'll begin to recognize that every such act catapults you to the other side of the universe from where you want to be. Judgment causes the very cellular structure to break down. 
If you could see this, you would never judge again. When you judge, even the cells of your body go crazy. They vibrate in a completely dissonant way. There is contraction. The fluids do not move through the cells. The nutrients do not become transported or delivered to the cells. The waste matter is not processed properly. Everything gets clogged up and there is dis-ease, disease. Therefore, beloved friends, understand well that judgment is not something to take lightly. Should you then judge yourself if you have noticed, sorry, should you then judge yourself if you have noticed that you have been in judgment? No, that is a judgment in itself. Only love can heal. Therefore, when you know that you have judged, simply say, ah, yes, that is that energy. I recognize that cloud that has just passed through the field of my awareness, but I can choose again. So how does this work? If in your ordinary daily life that we now know is not ordinary at all, you detect that you have been in judgment of someone or something, recognize that that judgment is still with you. It is a present thing, even though you may have enacted it five minutes ago or 55 years ago or 10 lifetimes ago. When you notice it or bring awareness to it, you have made it a very present thing. So it is right there in front of you to be undone. And that is what you need to focus on. I am going to choose again. You know the experience of looking back in your life and suddenly seeing a scene in which you now, in which now you know you behave selfishly from ego and that you were manipulative or cunning or hurtful. Or you recognize, my God, I was really in judgment of that person. Oh, if only I could go back and undo it. Know you that feeling? I say unto you, you can, because everything is present. There is no such thing as past and future. There is only now. So when you have that thought or that memory, it is coming to you for a very specific reason. As a soul, you are learning about forgiveness and how to undo the effects of your previous choices. And so it is being presented to you yet again, that you might make a new choice. When that old memory comes, stay with it. Look at it. Recognize how judgment worked at that time and then say to that person or that event, I judge you not. I extend forgiveness to myself for what I have created. I embrace you and I love you. I free you to be yourself. I bless you with the blessings of Christ. Whew. I judge you not. I extend forgiveness to myself for what I have created. I embrace you and I love you. I free you to be yourself. I bless you with the blessings of Christ. Then see that image or that memory begin to gently dissolve into light until there is no trace of it left and be done with it. Right away, the mind says, 
But when I kicked that little boy in the shins when I was four year olds, just, just to watch him scream, he is not here, isn't he? The body is not here, but the body is not quite the soul. All minds are joined. It means that where you extend forgiveness within the consciousness, within your emotional field to another, whether they be physically present or not, you are extending, extending to them exactly what you could extend to them if they were physically in front of you. Even if they were, they still have to receive it, do they not? They still have their choice to make whether to accept your forgiveness or to remain in judgment of you. And that is their issue, not yours. Understand then that you are dealing with consciousness. You are not a physical being. You are spirit and you are intimately linked with all minds at all times. Therefore, forgiveness of another can occur any time you decide it can occur. Anyone you have ever believed Anyone you have ever believed has wronged you can be forgiven by you in this very moment. Anytime you have judged another and therefore been in judgment of yourself, you can undo that in the very present moment simply by making a different choice. I, I, I do hope that your minds are being blown by this because You've never heard a higher spiritual teaching than this. You haven't. Let's be honest. No one has. This is the highest spiritual teaching there is. I'm literally filled with spirit and thinking about, oh, not thinking about it, but just who can I forgive? Who can I give? Who did I judge? That's all I'm thinking about. I can't wait to finish the show <laughs> and go and forgive myself for all my judgments and forgive anyone that I haven't forgiven. I remember the first time I read this about three years ago, two years ago. I did this with a number of people. I'm just realizing why haven't I been doing this all the time? Anyway, anyway, mind blown. <sighs> Reactivity indicates the need for self-forgiveness. Rest assured, you will continue to project upon others what remains unhealed and unforgiven within yourself. Each time you react to another, you are being given a sign that there is some kind of energy that has been presented to your awareness that you have not forgiven within yourself. If someone is critical and you react every time they're critical, rest assured, you have not healed that part of your own being, that part of your own experience of being critical of others. Whether it is occurring now or whether it seems to be a pattern that you have interrupted and no longer do, you still have not forgiven yourself for having identified with that energy. Use your ordinary experience in each day to observe what pushes your buttons. We will give you a very simple technique for doing so. <laughs> this is something we can all do, right? <laughs> if you will stay with it, it will reveal to you the energies that are in need of your forgiveness. The technique is quite simple. As you go through your day, observe when you feel as though you are in contraction. Are the muscles of the body tight? Is the breath very shallow? 
Does your voice become faster or louder when you speak about some energy in someone else? That is a sign that you need to do healing within yourself. When you recognize that these kind of signs are going on, in other words, life has presented you with an opportunity to be disturbed, that is a sign that there is something that requires healing. Therefore, count it as a blessing if you feel disturbed. This is exactly what Michael A. Singer is saying. Healing exercise. Turn your awareness from what you think is causing the disturbance and remember the first axiom. I am the source of my experience. I am feeling disturbed. What is it in me that needs to be healed? Begin to breathe deeply and rhythmically. Let the body soften and relax and ask, what is it within this person's energy that is really causing my reaction? You will see it right away. Oh, they are so critical. Criticism pushes my buttons. Then ask yourself, when have I done that to another? When have I been critical of others? And it might hit you right away. Well, I'm being critical because they're critical. Well, memories will come back, distasteful memories. If you are judging them, let them come back. Continue to breathe and relax. Look upon that energy of being critical. Honor it, love it, for it is creation. It is your creations coming back to you that you might embrace them and transform them. Just stay with it, look at it. Ah, being critical, yes, I sure can be critical. I've been that way in the past. I know that energy very well. Look upon a scene in your memory in which you have been the one being critical. Look upon it with deep honesty and sincerity and say to yourself, I forgive me for being critical. I forgive my judgment of myself. I choose to teach only love. Watch that image dissolve and disappear from your mind. Bring your awareness back to the present moment and that person that just pushed your button. Again, you do not need to say anything to them at all, although you might. But within yourself, forgive them for allowing the energy of being critical to make temporary home in their mind and merely ask the Holy Spirit to replace your perception with the truth. Ask to see the innocent light within them. As you cultivate this, you'll become very, very good at it. You'll be able to do it as fast as the time it takes to snap your fingers. And once you begin to see the light in them, you can ask the Holy Spirit, what is this critical energy in them masking? 
what are they really crying out for? Then you will feel compassion, for it will be revealed to you why they are hurting inside. And lo and behold, instead of being reactionary toward them, you just might be compassionate. Your choice of words and your own behavior might turn out to be different than you could have ever imagined. For through you will flow exactly what serves them. When I was being nailed to the cross, there was one who raised the mallet to strike the nail. And as he raised the mallet, his eyes met mine for just a moment. I did exactly what I have described to you. By this time, I had mastered this, so it was done very quickly. I asked myself, how have I ever wanted to drive a nail through someone else? And I remembered my murderous thoughts. I forgave myself and I brought my attention back to that one and asked only to see the light in him. And I asked, what is it that this action is mirroring to me? What is it masking within him? And I saw that one's soul. And I love that one's soul. And I felt compassion for that one. In that moment, my words, in that moment of eye contact, that one got it. That's why I love Christ. That right there is why, as far as I'm concerned, Sweet baby Jesus, Jesus H. Christ is the greatest man who ever lived because of that. The greatest master who ever lived. He practiced non-judgment, forgiveness and unconditional love with the man that was hammering a nail into his hand. That's the bar. That's the bar. That is the exemplar, the exemplar of the human spirit, the highest attainment of the human spirit, the highest potential and possibility for a human being is that, that. And there are two point whatever billion Christians in the world. Some of them aspire to that and bless them. Most don't, most believe that if they believe in this incredible man, they will be saved and um, they're mistaken. He is an example to follow, not someone to worship. He is an example to follow not someone to worship. He doesn't want worship. He wants us to do what he did. Please know that Jesus Christ does not see himself as the only son of God, as someone above us that needs us to look up to him and follow him or worship him. He sees us like brothers and sisters in pain and suffering, lost and blind, crying out for God's love. And he understands that because he went through it. 
And he went all the way through the hell of that and reached heaven, returned home. He knows the way. He knows how to do it. And he's just showing us the way. That's it. You don't need belief. You don't need churches. You just need to see him as a man or a human. I'm sure one of you, Helen Keller, there are many women that have done similarly amazing human spirit things. Um, it's not about him being a man, but he's a person, not a person because that's a legal fiction. <laughs> he's a human being <laughs> uh, who has set an example with his vigilant and diligent practice of forgiveness and self-love and acceptance. That's what he wants us to do, is to forgive ourselves, to love and accept ourselves so that we do not judge our brother and sister, so that we love our brother and sister. How could anything be wrong with that? <laughs> How could anything be wrong with that? So please, I, I beg of you, drop all of the dogma, all of the hatred of the Catholic Church and all of this. I get it. But this has got nothing to do with that. This has got to do with... <laughs> what is this action? What is it that this action is mirroring to me? What is it masking within him? And I saw that one soul and I love that one soul. And I felt compassion for that one. In that moment, mark my words, in that moment of eye contact, that one got it. And you know that's true. You, you know it's true. Who can make up a story like that? <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because my energy was different, it created the space in which that soul could make a new choice. That soul saw suddenly the entirety of its experience and realized that if it allowed that mallet to fall upon the nail, it would be a decision to choose to continue being nothing more than a doormat for other people's perceptions. And in that very instant, that soul decided to follow a path that would lead to sovereign mastery and never again be a pawn of any government, any group or any faction or anyone. He dropped the mallet from his hand. This was a Roman soldier stood up, walked away and disappeared. Hallelujah. <laughs> that is what the word hallelujah was invented for. <laughs> that is the greatest hallelujah I've ever come across. Through his practice of unconditional love and forgiveness he looked into the eyes of an executioner and the executioner was brought back to his true self the innocent self and saw what he had become and chose to let that go to die to the roman soldier executioner and torturer and start a new life, which apparently led him to mastery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And those of you who know uh, are in our signal groups, we have a signal group called the second coming because we are the second coming of Christ, uh, where we are developing our spiritual gifts or psychic powers, if you would like, so that we can do that kind of thing, but with the satanic demon possessed ruling elites that kidnap an estimated 8 million children a year, traffic, slavery, sex slavery, adrenochrome production, torture, sacrifice. This happens to an estimated 8 million children a year. And I practice not judging the ones who do it because I practice unconditional love and forgiveness. And so what I, but I still want to stop it happening to the children, obviously. So how does one, you know, dedicate themselves to stopping that happening whilst following his master's teaching to not judge, to see the innocence in his brothers and sisters. One follows Jesus's example and develops the um, gifts of spirit that will allow one to look into the eyes of an adrenochrome producing torturer of children and make him stop. That's what I want to do. That is my highest ambition in life. I'm telling you now. And if you, if that inspires you, please join us, uh, message me. We have a signal group. We're working through a book, a Christic book, uh, which has exercises which help you develop the psychic, not psychic powers to, you know, not like in a, a film, but the, that basically the ability to become a pure channel for God's love so that you're, there's no blocks, there's no judgment, there's no blocks and wounds and stuff. And God's love can just pour through you into other people because, uh, Hashtag it works. <laughs> God's love works. That's what Christ was doing. That's what any human being who does the work, who does the practice can do. He wasn't the only son of God. He was a, a man, a normal man that practiced like a motherfucker until he could look into his torturer's eyes with God's love. And that was that's faith healing. It's one thing to put your hands on someone and to make a cripple walk or make a blind man see, but that is faith healing. That's exactly what it is. It's faith healing, but it's faith healing at the soul level rather than the body level. And if I, I, I'm being honest with you, the people who do this to the children are the same people that run, that do all the wars, Corona, woke, everything, everything bad that happens in the world. It's the same ruling elites that are doing it. So if you want to live in a world, a just world, in a world of fairness, equality, love, peace and joy, we cannot do it if we stick our heads in the sand because we don't want to believe that there is such evil in the world. The, the reason it, 8 million children a year suffer this satanic ritual abuse is because most people don't want to believe it's happening, deny it's happening, ignore it, put their heads in the sand. It's too horrific. They don't want it in their consciousness. I get it. Believe me, I get it. 
But by doing that, you are enabling it to continue. You are supporting it by ignoring it. Those children need us to stop being in denial. They need us to have courage and to stand up for the innocence, not through hatred of the ones doing it. That's easy. It's easy to hate them. Loads of people do that. But rather to love ourselves enough to be able to stop them doing it not by killing them or putting them in prison, which would be a nice start, <laughs> but through the power of love. Because ultimately, an eye for an eye leaves the world blind. You can't stop evil by crushing it with more violence. You have to bring peace. If you want, as it said, if we want to have peace in the world, we have to first have peace in ourselves. So this is my call. It's a strong call. At the very least, I ask that you stop avoiding the issue. Our world is run by satanic, demon-possessed billionaires from aristocratic families and from new money families and from Hollywood and in politics and in media and government who torture children for adrenochrome rape children for adrenochrome. Our world is run by these people. Many of the Hollywood people you know do it. Many of the people in the government do it. Many of the people in all of our institutions, the police, the judge, judges, military, in all of these powerful institutions, many of the people are involved. This is the truth and you know it. You know it. You know it. Stop denying it. Stop denying it. I don't ask you to do what I do and speak out about it as much as possible because that's your choice. I just ask you not to put your head in the sand. At least look at it and say, yes, this is going on. Just at least acknowledge it. The more people that acknowledge it, the more people will speak out about it. The more people who will speak out about it, the more it becomes a known thing that the rulers of the world, the rulers of this world are satanic ritual abusers, kidnapping, torturing, raping and sacrificing up to eight million children a year. The sooner it's going to stop. So if you care about these innocent children I pray and I beg you, stop denying it. Stop denying it. Okay, thank you. He dropped the mallet from his hand. This was a Roma soldier. Stood up, walked away and disappeared. 
that one has gone on to become a master that is known by literally thousands of beings. He is not in physical form. This one visits many, teaches many. This one indeed incarnated perfect mastery and therefore transcended the world. And it all began as a result of my desire to teach only love. Now we have a very good friendship. <laughs> you're the best you're the best so you see you may not know how powerful your choice for healing is you may not really see how deeply and profoundly it will affect you as you go on being a creator and you go on forever you could never possibly know what fruits will be born from that tree in the life of another but because all minds are joined when you choose healing through forgiveness, you literally create the space in which the other can also heal their life. Let no moment then be wasted. See nothing as ordinary and see not the perceptions taught to you of the world being justified within yourself, but be wholly committed to rooting up and out of your being anything that is unlike the love of Christ. Think not that I am the only one that can love this way. It is not true. You are here to love as I learn to love. Why? Because you are that love. Everything else is just a smokescreen. Forgiveness is necessary. Forgiveness is a skill and an art that will pay you dividend upon dividend upon dividend upon dividend. It will never cease in paying you. Each moment in which you choose forgiveness, you have literally saved yourself a thousand years of suffering. I mean that about as literally as one can mean it. <laughs> in short, every act of forgiveness is a miracle that shortens the need for experience in this dimension. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord of mercy, Lord. In Jamaica, we say, Lord have mercy. So we're actually saying, we're not saying, Lord have mercy. We're saying, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. God is mercy. Love is mercy. Forgiveness shortens the, the suffering of the wheel of karma and the wheel of of reincarnation lord of mercy forgiveness is necessary forgiveness is a skill and an art that will pay you dividend upon dividend upon dividend upon dividend it will never cease in paying you each moment in which you choose to you choose forgiveness you have literally saved yourself a thousand years of suffering i mean that about as literally as one can mean it in short Every act of forgiveness is a miracle that shortens the need for experience in this dimension. When you find yourself in a situation that you believe is too big, rest assured, it is because something big has finally come to the surface to be healed within you so that more power can shine forth through you. Why? You have reached the place where you are ready for it. 
more of Christ can be lived. Ending your day. It is very, very important to let each day be sufficient unto itself. When you end your day, always truly end it. Do not take four hours of ritual. You can do it within one breath. As you take a deep breath, as you rest your head upon the pillow, look upon the whole day, embrace it with your consciousness. And as you let your breath go out, say silently to yourself, I release and forgive this day. It has been perfect and it is done. Let it go. Just let it go. Why? If you do not, you will just bring it with you. Know you that experience? And for three weeks you are lamenting, oh gosh, why did I make that decision three weeks ago? If I had only made a different decision, this would not have happened and that would not have happened. That is probably true, but the point is now, three weeks later, you are still hitting your set over the head. <laughs> You're still hitting your set over the That is probably true, but the point is now, three weeks later, you are still hitting yourself over the head by bringing the past with you. And you miss the glory of the present. You have all heard that a thousand times because it is the truth. Consciousness is a very subtle and powerful thing. You cannot help but create. Remember the goal of this pathway is to learn to deliberately create with perfect mastery. Therefore, look upon the things of the day and say, it is very good and it is finished. Each night when you rest your head upon the pillow and you know you're about to go off to sleep, be just like God in your biblical story of creation, in which it is written that on the seventh day, God rested. God was finished, in a sense, within the story. Have that same quality at the end of each of your days. If you are carrying some kind of emotional reaction because of something someone said or did, or something you said or did, practice forgiveness before you sleep. If you do not, you will keep experiencing the conflicted energies during your dream states and communication between you and the other one who has not yet been forgiven will keep going on until that forgiveness is complete within you. It is very important. Time should never be taken frivolously. Play with it, yes, but play with it out of consciousness, out of clarity out of recognizing that there is no such thing as an idle thought. Each thought creates a world of experience for you and you are worthy of experiencing heaven. We will have much more to say about forgiveness as we begin to plumb the depths of what is discovered as you practice forgiveness 70 times, seven times. It takes you deeper and deeper into the very mechanics of consciousness itself the very mechanics of creation. Put forgiveness at the top of your list until you know how perfectly forgiven you are. Be therefore vigilant against denying what is still in need of forgiveness within you. For what you deny, you will project. And each projection is a hurtful act to yourself.
Of course, it is also hurtful to the other, but primarily to yourself. There is, there is much that has been said in this lesson that needs to be read again and again. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, Ruth? So that the mind begins to truly grasp how important and how powerful forgiveness is. You'll reach a place where you absolutely delight in going through your day expressing forgiveness like a wave emitting itself from the ocean of your consciousness. Even if nobody is doing anything, forgiveness itself becomes a delightful energy to live within. Beloved friends, forgive yourself well and you have forgiven Christ. When Christ is forgiven, Christ will arise and make his home in your heart, your mind and even the cells of your body. You will know what it means to walk in this world, yet not be of the world. And when you look in the mirror, you will say, behold, the saviour appears. It will not be an egoic, it will not be egoic arrogance that says it but the recognition of what is true always. I am my father's child and I am sent into this world to bring light to it. Be ye therefore at peace. Practice forgiveness well until it becomes like taking a breath. You will discover power that you did not know could exist and a freedom whose taste is as sweet above honey. I forgive you. Not because I have judged you, but because I know the blessing that forgiveness brings to me. Forgiveness is something I perfected as a man. Perfect it within yourself as well, and you will know the glory of Christ. Be you therefore at peace, beloved friends. Amen. Amen. Amen.